Welcome to the Just Three podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Social Difference at Columbia University. I'm your host, Catherine Lasota. On the Just Three podcast, we talk with artists, activists, and other scholars who are deeply engaged with issues of social justice. On each episode of our podcast, we have one guest, someone who's connected to one of the many working groups here at the Center. And on each episode, I ask the same three questions. One, how does your work engage with issues of social justice? Two, what do you see as the biggest social justice challenge of our current time? And three, how can we foster ethical and progressive social change? I hope you enjoy this episode of the Just Three podcast. Our obligation in nursing and midwifery is, is to improve the health of the underserved, marginalized, and vulnerable populations. Today on the Just Three podcast, I'm thrilled to chat with Annette Wantakwane. Annette Wantakwane is a nurse and midwife from Zambia. During the Ebola outbreak, Wanta served as the technical officer of nursing and midwifery in the World Health Organization's Health Workforce Department in Geneva. She has also worked with other WHO departments, including mental health and substance use and gender and women's health. Prior to her position at the WHO, Mwansa worked with International Federation of the Red Cross in the health department. Mwansa is part of our On the Frontlines Nursing Leadership in Pandemics project. As part of that project, Mwansa conducted interviews with Ebola nurses in Sierra Leone and Liberia in August 2019. The On the Frontlines Working Group seeks to understand the role of nurses as change agents in the prevention, detection, and response to pandemic infectious disease outbreaks. And although nurses are crucial to combating pandemics, their work is often not considered when international leaders gather to discuss global health issues. This is why I'm so excited today to talk with Mansa on the Just Three podcast. Our interview was recorded on October 23rd, 2020. Mwansa, thank you so much for joining us on the Just Three podcast. It's really great to have you here and to talk with you. And before we dive into our three questions, I just wanted to ask if you could um, briefly introduce yourself, tell us how you're doing and where you are currently situated. Yeah, I'm Mwansa Nkowane. I'm a Zambian, so basically I'm living in Zambia. I have a nursing and midwifery professional background with the postgraduate training in human resources. I'm actually very honored to be part of this podcast. Having begun working as a nurse at the bedside, I've worked at international levels, such as the International Federation of the Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies and the World Health Organization in Geneva. My last job was at the World Health Organization where I was coordinating global nursing and midwifery from 2010 to 2017, just then I retired in 2017. Yeah, so that is a little bit about my personal background, but I also wanted to emphasize something about why I think this podcast is really very important to me. As you can see, I've retired, but certainly I'm not tired at all. I continue (laughs) to work on nursing and midwifery issues as I feel. This has been my lifelong calling. 
And uh, based on my experience as a nurse and a midwife, both professions focus on maximizing health capacities and help individuals and families accept personal responsibilities for better health outcomes and good health. Irrespective of what level one looks at, promoting social justice has implications on the way nurses and health professionals address issues. For example, the stigma issues, which also affects the health workers and how to interact with other professionals how we empower individuals in our care, as well as how we ensure that our voices and the voices of those we serve are heard and acted upon. So for me, the bottom line is that we need to be advocating that everyone has access to affordable care by promoting ethical principles and human rights. So that's why I'm very happy to participate in this podcast. I'm so glad you're here and you're with us and that you're doing this important work. Um, I wonder if you could tell us briefly about your involvement with our On the Frontlines working group here at the Center for the Study of Social Difference. Yeah, so basically uh, the work I do in general, it's international level and national level, and it's all very relevant to social justice. And the work with the front lines with my colleagues at the University of Columbia, we want to acknowledge the contribution of nurses and midwives to the Ebola outbreak in West Africa that happened in 2014 to 2016 by offering them a safe and non-judgmental atmosphere to talk about their experiences, their memories and events and traumas that they experienced. We are trying to learn lessons on the clinical community and the communication aspect. So for me, I really enjoy participating in this activity with the Columbia University because once we have documented these experiences, our desire is to inform new policies and responses to deter and detect and effectively control epidemics at the front lines of healthcare. Social justice, so for me, is an imperative in epidemics. So this work is very important because there is increased social exclusion due to stigma and risks, especially you know during pandemics like this, like the Ebola and now the COVID. As you may be aware, the Ebola disease highlighted various community impediments in the delivery of health services, which go beyond the, the people that were sick. So our work, and you know, that's why I'm happy to be involved in it, helps us understand all these issues so that in future, the responses that nurses and midwives provide, provide fair and equitable services to the communities they serve. You know, this is just an example that I can give, you know, working on the frontline project, but there's, there are also other examples I can give uh, the work I'm doing here in Zambia. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Wansa, and that work that you're doing with the On the Front Lines. I know that just hearing about some of your interviews there and your discussions about it and caring about the mental health of the nurses working on the front lines as well really struck me. I'd love to dive into our three questions of the Just Three podcasts now, and it seems that you have answered a bit of, of some of them, but I'd love to hear your further thoughts. The first question that we have for all of our guests is, how does your work engage with issues of social justice? 
Okay, the of course, uh, as you you rightly put it, I've already made some examples on the work on the front lines, but I can also give you another example on the work I'm doing on improving the quality of midwifery education in four African countries. In this work, we are building capacity in the midwifery institutions to improve quality of midwifery education by enhancing leadership, innovation, resources, and uh, community engagement. These elements that I've mentioned are key in making an effective contribution to communities in their locations and beyond. So for example, the element on community engagement would ensure that the institutions have a social responsibility so that mothers and women in the surrounding communities are engaged and have access to quality services. These institutions are able to tap on the young aspiring midwives in the community, from the local communities who will consequently provide quality midwifery services once they qualify. And in addition, the institutions are being empowered to design strategies for incremental sustainable improvements for evidence-based practice, as well as updating curricula to embrace competence-based education, engaging in collaborative research and national policy change initiatives. So all these activities lay ground to work towards social justice for women in general, as well as pregnant women, children, midwifery students, because they have access to quality education, as well as the society at large. This is an example of this work I'm doing in four African countries. But I cannot give, you know, go without giving you an example about the work I am doing in Zambia currently, which relates to Ebola as well, because we are now looking at, um, at COVID-19. So I'm, a, I'm the principal investigator in the National Research on Nursing Leadership response to COVID-19 in Zambia. Some of the issues we are looking at relate to personal protective equipment and professional psychological support, job safety, service delivery, management and policy. These are issues that are important in ensuring that nurses are available to provide the needed services to the populations. COVID-19, just like Ebola, is a highly transmittable disease. We hope the results of this study can help nurse leaders in future respond to similar epidemics so as to save the communities better. So improving community access to better health services is important for social justice. That's what we want our next leadership in Zambia to work on. So these are the two examples of how we can actually <laughs> engage mm-hmm. in, and use our work in improving social justice. I'm really glad to hear about that work, and it sounds like it covers so many areas and, and is so holistic in its approach and is looking at the full picture of how to affect change in these areas as well. Our next question is quite a broad question, and I would love to hear your thoughts. The, the question number two is, what do you see as the biggest social justice challenge of our current time? Hmm, that's a, it's a difficult question, but there are, there are several challenges to social justice in our current time, I think. Uh, okay, I will just highlight a few. For example, the number one issue I can think of is communication. 
Communication among health professionals can help to deliver a coherent response. So with regard to the public, there's been you know, a lot of misinformation, fear-mongering, misconceptions, mistrust, which all lead to prevent the population from accessing the, need, the services they need to promote health and prevent disease and seek appropriate treatment when affected. Uh, so communication for me is really the number one challenge. And I think as health workers, we all need to be really trained and skilled to be able to communicate effectively with those we serve. The second challenge is the, the issue of competency of nurses and midwives. This must be ensured. If those in the front lines are unaware of what to do, they'll be unsure on how to respond to the pandemic. So in the case of our work in Liberia and Sierra Leone, it took some time during the pandemic for frontline workers to be provided with minimum, minimum infection control standards. Even the training was provided late and the operational plans to safeguard the health of workers also were not immediately available when they were deployed. We saw during the same pandemic and now with COVID-19, that personal protective equipment have been insufficient, especially at the onset of the pandemics. So really, it is not socially just to expose frontline workers to the risk of acquiring infection. This repeated challenge must be at the front line of operational plans. So social justice has to be ensured for both the workers and recipients of services. And I believe that this is really critical. Then lastly, one other challenge I can think of is um, I've observed uh, that you know health workers really work in such high-risk situations. They might not really be motivated. So we need comprehensive approaches to address this because I strongly believe that this challenge can be partially achieved by recognizing the contribution of those in the front lines, like the work we are doing uh, with the university. So I think in a nutshell, these are some of the challenges that I, I see, which for me would be priority if I have to look back and see how I can improve social justice in the current environment I'm working in. Thank you for that. What I'm hearing from you is there's three major things, communication, preparation, and recognition. Does that sound correct to you? Yes, because only if those things fall in place can health workers actually deliver and ensure that the communities have access to the services. Because what we are trying to promote is having fair and equal access to services. Thank you. Our last question is also a big one and continues from our last question of what are the, the challenges? Our last question is, how can we foster ethical and progressive social change? Okay. Well, they are all difficult questions, but uh, let me say that um, our obligation in nursing and midwifery is, is to improve the health of the underserved, marginalized and vulnerable populations. So reflecting on the Ebola response, it was difficult to reach vulnerable populations, including pregnant women who are not able to access the services they needed. People died before they could get to the health facilities because 
Many people did not want to provide transport for fear of contracting the disease. There were also many issues around customs and norms, especially those related to barrels and nurses who worked on Ebola and their families were stigmatized by the communities. What I see here is that the underlying determinants of health as well as beliefs and the perceptions of the society are an integral part of fostering ethical and progressive social change. In terms of our project, there are opportunities that nest leaders at the front line could pursue. For example, making sure that political actions are informed by nursing knowledge and clinical judgment generated through their experiences. And in addition, nurses and midwives cannot work in isolation themselves. There must be collaborative and integrative roles and leadership responsibilities, which need to be adopted and nurtured. Based on the lessons that we've drawn now from the Ebola response, our project has noted that fairness and equity in the way the epidemic was addressed and being progressive addressed is a result of nursing leadership actions. Some of the examples uh, are the, uh, uh, that I can provide include, you know, for example, the in team in teamwork, promotion of teamwork, adherence to infection control measures is a result of training. Also, the governments have recognized that uh, untimeliness of the provision of supplies compromises the response to pandemics. And at an individual level, I would say that competence development has increased confidence in the ability to protect the health workers themselves and others to deliver the services. So for me, this is social justice in progress. Okay, we, are, we, are, we haven't reached, but it's in progress, especially if this can be supported by progressive policies, government policies. That's how I could address that issue of fostering ethical and principled social change. Thank you. This is really great ideas. And I'm hearing from you influencing policy decisions and government decisions. And I'm left wondering how we do that. But I also know that the work that the On Love Frontlines group is doing and the other work that you're doing just to get the stories of people on the front lines is so crucial, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there's anything else that you want to share with the time we still have here together on any of those topics. Yeah, I, I think the you know the voices of the nurses, if they are not heard, there cannot be any policy change. You know, so this is why you know the work is is really critical, and the work we are doing here in Zambia on COVID nineteen, you know, preliminary findings you know show that nurses at the beginning they were, they were actually not consulted much, even in drawing up plans for COVID. 19. So getting involved and, you know, the government had to realize that uh, we have left the nurses behind and most people are delivering services are nurses. So let's bring them into the fold and uh, help them help us do, uh, roll out the plans. But it should not be like that. So we should work hard in advocating and pushing the agenda. But, you know, we cannot push the agenda if we don't have evidence. That's why documentation research is very important because those are facts that cannot be disputed. 
they are facts. This is what is on the ground. So let's come up with policies that promote social justice based on the on evidence. HSA will not move a needle. That's my opinion. <laughs> Mansa, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of that you've shared with us today and for being here on the Just Three podcast. I really appreciate hearing from you and I know our audience does too. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Just Three podcast. To find out more about our guests, please visit the show notes. To find out more about the Center for the Study of Social Difference, go to socialdifference.columbia.edu. Music in this show is by Blue Dot Sessions, and our episodes are mixed by Craig Ely. If you like what you heard, consider telling a friend and leaving a review for us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Catherine Lasota. Thank you, and catch you next time on the Just Three Podcast. Podcast.